Ion 2020 episode 219. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead-up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. It is Ray Eaton here, host of Ion 2020. Thank you for joining me for another day in the life of the 2020 election. I don't know if you guys remember this, but last week I sent out a little call to people and I was saying, hey man, I am so tired of just dealing with Democrat politics, dealing with all the candidates and those policies, tired of dealing with Republicans, tired of dealing with all the stuff that's going on with the presidential election from the two-party side. And I said, please do me a favor, send me some people who are running libertarians or third party. And a few of you guys decided to, you know, send me some information on that. You did that through Ray at I am the empire.com. You did that on I am the empire on the Facebook page. And I'm also, you can find me on Twitter. If that's where you're at, just type in I am the empire and I'll be there as well. But if you want to message me, that would be great because I'd love to hear more of uh, the different candidates that are running for president libertarians, independence, Constitution Party even. I'll even do Green Party, heck, why not, you know? I'll even do Socialist Party if it comes down to it. I just want to know about what other candidates are running as well because, you know, this whole thing with Donald Trump, this whole thing with all these 25 candidates on the Democratic side, all the candidates that were running, and now they're just kind of slowly dying out that gets a little bit old every so often and uh i just you know need to need to be able to liven things up a little bit with some libertarians and some other candidates as well and thank you so much for sending me another candidate that's running for president her name is kim ruff and she's seeking the presidential nomination for the libertarian party and i'm not sure why it is i think this is kind of normal in libertarian party as well because i think i remember that last year or not last year, back in 2015, 20, or 2016, during the, um, during the Libertarian Convention, there was, they kind of team up with another candidate and run, like, president and vice president together. And I guess maybe it makes their supporters stronger, maybe it solidifies things between two people, maybe it helps financially, I'm not sure. But she's running with John Phillips, who's going to be her vice presidential candidate. That's going to be running with her and she is seeking the libertarian nomination for uh, to run as the pres- for the president of the United States. So let's go ahead and dig into her really fast. And like I said, her name is Kim Ruff. I'll focus mostly on her, and then I'll talk a little bit about John Phillips as well. Maybe I'll just bring those two together. I'm not sure. I'm just this is the way I do these candidate write-ups, though. Okay, I don't do like a a bunch of research on them because I like to get first impressions recorded. So I'll look at their website really fast, but I kind of like to just kind of walk through it and see what I think, because the reality is, is this. Most people, when they look at a candidate, when they go to their website, they're going to have that first impression. So it's important that y'all know what my first impression is. 
If you want to tell me about what your fresh first impression is, you can do that as well when you go to their website. You can do that by sending me an email right at com. But I like to give you guys my first impression of these candidates as well. So I think I, re, you know, back when I was doing the ones for the Democrats, I would go to their website, I would do a little bit of research, and I would actually record while I was doing that research as well, just so you see my, I, I kind of speak openly at that point. So that's how I'm doing it here too. So Kim Ruff, obviously she's a female. Um, I like her website. It looks really cool. There's this RP with a little fire, it looks like a little fire brand around it or something. It looks really good. And it, her motto is Reignite 2020 Liberty. <clears throat> or maybe it's Reignite Liberty 2020, I'm sorry. So Ruff Phillips, Reignite Liberty 2020. And she says, hi, I'm Kim Ruff, Libertarian candidate for President of the United States. Cite a, set a brush fire of freedom. Kim Ruff is seeking Libertarian Party's nomination for President of the United States of America. The time to try something different to ensure to ensure a stronger future for the Libertarian Party is now. Stand with us to spread the message of true liberty. So she's saying true liberty, so I wonder what her views are. If she said, when, when people say true liberty, there's a little bit more meaning to that, right? Uh, maybe she's talking about more true liberty than what, like the Republicans talk about, or more true liberty than what the Democrats are talking about, or maybe more true liberty than what some other Libertarians are talking about. But let's figure that out, right? Because we need to look at her issues. We need to look at where she's at. She also has a little button that says donate today. Obviously it's expensive to uh, to run for president, so they're all going to have their little donation buttons as well. So she also gives the ability to join the team. It says reignite liberty exclamation point. Rising from the ashes begins with you. Join the movement of activists across the nation who want to show the world that voluntary interactions provide better solutions than any government could. Sign up to support Kim Ruff and John Phillips today. So when someone says voluntary interactions, that the first thing I think is voluntarist. Okay, so she's a volunteer, or voluntarist. Some people say voluntarist, but that means voluntary interactions. That that's somebody who typically says all interactions should be voluntary. There should be no government force to force things. If there is going to be a government, it needs to be a voluntary government. So she says you could join the team. Reduce, reduce. So check mark. She she has these little check marks here. It says reduce executive power. Check. Protect your Second Amendment rights. Check. End wars of aggression. Check. Pardon nonviolent and political prisoners. Check. See, we could all agree with that. Most libertarians can agree with that because we reduce executive power. Executive power has become a burden on on the state in some ways, right? When you have an executive that has so much power that they can declare war and go around Congress, then obviously we need to reduce that type of power or all the executive actions that they can do. Like the ability that the Congress has given the president through, through just passing it off to him, that is not a good thing. Congress has passed all kinds of responsibility over to the president. That should be on their plate. Now, why would you do that if you're the Congress, right? Why would you pass that kind of authority over to the president? Because it helps you to stay reelected. Like, it helps you to stay elected. It helps you to have to vote on less stuff that's controversial by just passing it off to the president. Oh, that was the president's fault. It gives, you, it gives them somebody to blame. It gives them someone to point their fingers at. So it is good redu- could reduce, to reduce executive power. So I like that. She has those little check marks. Protect your Second Amendment rights. Most libertarians... 99.999% I'm sure are for Second Amendment rights, of course. 
and then end wars of aggression. We could all agree with that as well. Pardon non-violent and pr- political prisoners. I think that's a great place to take a stand as well. So she was actually on the um, the Judge Andrew Napolitano show. Huh, interesting. And uh, let, we're going to go ahead and play this right now for you. That's what we're going to do. Would you concentrate, whose ballots you'll be on, would you concentrate on where you have a real, in, in your view, opportunity to make an inroad uh, electorally? There's a couple of different strategies that we're approaching. One of them is to focus on major states that are first in line in the primaries. So Ohio is an excellent example. Additionally, we're focusing on states that are typically not focused on when we're raising money or when we're trying to run somebody for office like that, those quote-unquote flyover states, because they already are sort of of this mindset. They're already there. It's just a matter of people needing to reach out to those disenfranchised, disengaged voters and drawing them in. So that's the other aspect. And then, of course, strategically, there's a benefit to getting the LLOC, which is that middle America down to Florida section. If we are able to achieve that LLOC, then we can really either tie it up or secure it completely. Okay, so that was her on the Judge Napolitano show. It seems like they were kind of right in the middle of an interview when he when they did that. And I'm not sure if she was running at the time as well. Maybe she was talking about, um, maybe since she's somebody within the libertarian movement, they're trying to talk about how they would get into the race as the president and how they could win states and stuff like that. I would imagine she talked about the L-Lock, which I'm not sure what the L-Lock is. I guess it's middle America through Florida that might be willing to willing to vote Democratic or swing, or not vote, sorry, willing to vote Libertarian or swing Libertarian. <coughs> I guess I'd have to look into that some more. Um, I always say this, though, about Libertarian candidates. It needs to be, I mean, it really comes down to it where it needs to be somebody who speaks the message well, that can get a good press coverage, that can get good press appearances, and then can start swaying minds in an educational way. Somebody said it the other day on one of the shows that I listened to, one of the other podcasts I listened to, I can't remember which one, but they basically said that you're you're essentially doing a 50-state media tour where you go from all the 50 states, you do media appearances with local news networks you're going to each of these major cities and you're doing getting yourself into the local media for a few minutes so some people can see you doing little events and so forth all over the place and that's the only thing that a libertarian's going to do because simply because we have 50 state ballot access in the libertarian party it'll allow us to be able to go to all these states and have a leg to stand on to get in front of the media Oh, the Libertarian candidates coming to Columbia, South Carolina tomorrow. Get someone from the news there. Maybe get somebody in the new, in the local newspaper. Get it onto the TV stations. Get it into people's Facebook feeds, things like that, so that people will see a little bit that Libertarians are out there. And then maybe through that, you can get little bits of information about each of those candidates as well. Or, each, or that particular candidate as well, or their positions or their policies, standing out against the Republicans and the Democrats. That's the only thing that we're going to be able to do. Every so often we'll have something like a libertarian debate 
on like John Stossel, you'll have a third party debate on John Stossel's show or something. But John Stossel's not on Fox News anymore. But that was the only that was the only time there was ever like a third party debate that was nationally televised. I think they had a libertarian debate that was nationally televised on the Stossel show back then as well. Maybe Kennedy would do it on her show because she's a libertarian, but I don't know. But so anyway, it has to be it has to be an educational campaign. It's not like the libertarians are going to win or anything like that. So let's jump into her website though. That's what I want to know. What is her policies? What are her positions? Where is she at on the issues? Because I think she's a voluntarist. I think she's a voluntarist. I'm pretty sure. And uh, that's fine because, like I said, I agree with them on all of the principles. I agree with them on minimizing the state to the point where there almost is no state. I agree with getting on that bus and going in that direction. I agree that, ideally, we should have plans to get there. And there are a lot of plans to get there. Like, I've heard a lot of the voluntarist, you know, newspaper, not the newspapers, but like, I can't remember which podcast that I listen to, but the person kind of comes out with a lot of the different articles and stuff that have been written over time about voluntarism and the ideas. And, you know, once we get to the point where who's going to build the roads and things like that, like you always hear those stories, right? Um, they do have plans to get there, you know? That's the biggest thing, but I, I like the principles of it. Uh, I don't think, in my personal view, I think that we need to start learning how to break down the government first. I think we need to, learn, need to start setting up society for success to get away from um, the corporate welfare state, the government welfare state, and things like that. Like those are there, There's places to start. We have to start pulling apart the government in some ways, but that's my own personal view. Um, like I said, I always agree with like the ideals because anyone that says this, these, this is my motto. Basically, anytime I'm looking at anything within government or any policy, I always defer to less government. So if it comes down to taxes and they say, let's bring taxes down from 15 to 10, I defer to less government. That's less government, right? If it comes down to like a spending program. And they said, are we going to spend a trillion dollars on the military? We're going to spend $500 billion on military. You defer to less government. I don't say we'll spend zero. That's something like that. I don't say that. You go with what's the, what's the two, what's the best option of the two. And then when we get to that status quo, then we, then we turn the status quo to getting it on the 250 billion. And then that's the status quo and then so forth and so on. Like that's the way to get things done. I think. Not just to take an idealistic stand or, you know, stand on your principles type thing. Because that doesn't really get people to listen as much. Um, but anyway, let's go on. So, rough her um, executive power. So she has this, this again in there. Executive power, foreign policy, immigration reform, Second Amendment, civil, assets for, civil asset forfeiture, criminal justice system, education, economy... Ballot, and okay, so those are the issues that she has. So let's go ahead and go through each one. Executive power. We will reduce the executive branch to its constitutionally defined limitations by overturning all executive orders and elim- eliminating superfluous agencies. Okay, so uh, I like that because she's taking an idealistic stand in some ways, bringing it down to a constitutionally defined limitations. That's great, 
but not going off the beaten path of let's eliminate executive altogether. Like, like, so that's good. That's good. So you're not going to, you're not going to lose anybody there. So I like that. I like when, I like when somebody that maybe I, you know, in their ideology is a voluntarist, I like that they are willing to, you know, make it palatable to people that are reading it. So because that is really going to win people over when you say we will reduce the executive branch to its constitutionally defined limitations by overturning all executive orders and so you know all that's like and getting rid of the the agencies like that is a strong point to make so what's an agency that you might get rid of then so if you d- dig down deeper into that you might get rid of the department of education cia fbi things that the f- president is over things that with a with an executive order you can get rid of a lot of those agencies right that's good that's good but you're not going to lose people with that statement at all and that's important because you want people to listen a lot of libertarians would make that biggest mistake that we start off talking about you know get we need to get rid of all the <laughs> we need to stop stop having the government build roads or something like start somewhere nice and that's a good one executive power next Foreign policy. We will end wars of aggression and build healthy, sustainable relationships with the rest of the world by encouraging or by engaging in diplomacy and free market economics. That's phenomenal. That is the best thing that you can do as well. Engage with the world through diplomacy and free market economics. That's great. Immigration reform. We will overhaul the immigration process to give peaceful people a clear, easy path to citizenship without burdening shares shared resources or infringing infringement of rights we will overall the immigration okay so that's pretty good too i like i like her i like what she's doing man we will overall the immigration process but to give peaceful people a clear easy path of citizenship that is good because you do want i think that it's important for immigration so if you have it as a policy that all you gotta do is just come to the border get signed off on boom and we'll go ahead and let you in you just need to know that you're coming in right and then have a clear, easy path of citizenship. Something that's simple. Not, oh, we only allow 10,000 people a year or 20,000 people a year. Let's get into a lottery. Wait 25 years to get into it. Like, that's not a clear, easy path. A clear, easy path is very simple. So I like that. That sounds good to me. Second Amendment. We will fully support the Second Amendment and support the founders' beliefs that any person has the natural right to protect themselves and possess possess the tools to do so that that's good civil offset forfeiture we will move to eliminate the practice of targeting and punishing ordinary innocent people no longer allowing the state to rob them of their acquired assets that's that's good i think that just about every libertarian would be on board with that i mean i would be for sure criminal justice system everyone regardless of position in society is guaranteed equality and fairness under the law we will restore fairness to the criminal justice system it's a good one absolutely so a lot of people that i've heard in the voluntarist movement would say get rid of the criminal justice system completely um we need you know private courts and stuff like that not getting into that deep i see that that's a that's just like a it's a reasonable way to put it everyone regardless of position in society is gen- guaranteed equality and fairness under the law we will restore fairness to the criminal justice system so it's not getting it's not getting into the weeds at all 
And I think that, you know, she seems like she's just trying to limit government a lot as well. So that sounds good. Education. The education system needs an overhaul. The Department of Education has been a failure. Education levels have declined greatly while costs have risen ex- exponentially. That's true. I don't know if she... Let's, I'm going to dig into that further because there is like a learn more below each one of these as well. I just don't want to get off track too much. I want to stay uh, at a 50,000 foot level on the issues. But I want to see how deep we can get into this. So the educational system needs an overhaul. This is what she says about education. The education needs an overhaul, starting with getting the federal government out. Since its inception, the Department of Education has been a failure. Education levels have declined greatly while costs, particularly administrative costs, have risen exponentially. The regulatory burden imposed by the Department of Ed alone accounts for substantial burden as the increase paid for by local school districts. In addition, Estimates range from 50 to 70 percent of the Department of Education. Okay, so let's get into her ideas. That's what I want to get down deeper into. The one-size-fits-all model of public education disregards the inherent uniqueness of the individual and the myriad of ways in which a person learns most effectively. The current form of public education has been more effective in creating dutiful soldiers and followers and critical thinkers who question authority and add to the marketplace of ideas. If we want to truly educate people, we need to remove the federal government from education and permit each person in the, the opportunity to decide where and how they want to learn. We support school choice for everyone, removing government impediments to homeschooling and private education, and encouraging the growth and recognition of privately funded educational bodies such as Khan Academy and others. Yeah, I like that. I do like that. Um... I think that, more importantly, you should just... Because at the federal level, you can say something like this. You can say, specifically, the federal government has no right to be involved. It is not constitutional for the federal government to be involved in education. Leave it to the states. And that's it. Because you don't have to get into too much of the policies and procedures of that. Like, the government, the federal government shouldn't be encouraging anything with with regards to education because as soon as the federal government's in charge of encouraging that's my problem with that right if the federal government's in charge of encouraging the states then you're going to have a person who is in charge of the encouraging and then at that point that person starts hiring people to help them encourage and then they start setting policy in order to encourage so if you just say the federal government is out of education altogether it's the states they're in charge of that I think we could leave it at that. I really do. So anyway, economy. We will influence Congress to end government interference in the free market, including taxation, over-regulation, cronyism, and inflationary policies. I gotta dig into that further, too. I was trying not to, but I have to, because I want to see exactly how where she goes with that. We will, in economy, we will influence Congress to end government interference in the free market, including, but not limited to, ending over-regulation of free markets, ending government restriction on free trade, ending burdensome tax, taxation that inhibits entrepreneurship while creating inflation that hurts the consumer, ending government subsidies and corporate welfare, letting the free market work, ending corporate protectionism and cronyism, Ending inflationary government policies, departments, and actions. Overturning the Federal Reserve's Act of 1913, thereby eliminating, eliminating the Federal Reserve, its monopoly, and its inflationary practices. That's great. 
using legal constitutional authority over regulatory agencies to remove crony government impediments to business, entrepreneurs, investors, and consumers. And then she says, a, a legitimately free market system has natural ebbs and flows, but the stiff peaks and steep canyons of the American economy are the direct result of overreaching government influence peddling. Okay, so I like what she's saying. She's just saying keep the government out of the economy and using the executive power in some ways to kind of push that, push it in that direction, which is good. I could, I could go along with that. Going on. So, um, ballot and debate censorship. We call for removal of all impediments to ballot access for candidates. We call for open debate inclusion of all candidates. That's a good thing to run on as well because it does keep the third parties out. And then the last one, she says, is end the war on drugs. And that is a very standard libertarian ideal right there, is to end the war on drugs. Yes, you might not agree. You might not agree that people should be doing drugs. You might be against people doing drugs. You might even not want to ever do drugs yourself. Or you might even talk to your kids about not doing drugs. But it doesn't mean that it should be criminalized. It should not be. It should be something that the government does not get involved in. Because if you're putting something in your body and you're harming yourself, let's figure out ways to uh, help those people to get off of those drugs. Or maybe, I mean, you don't go out and try to help everyone that's drinking alcohol. You don't go to the bar and try to force everybody that's drinking alcohol to stop drinking. You don't send the cops in to bust them for drinking. So if somebody's like a casual marijuana user or a casual cocaine user or whatever like i i just don't see why they should be thrown in handcuffs and put in jail and ruin their lives because of stuff like that uh if they really have a problem and they start to realize it just like alcohol you have a really bad problem you start to realize it and it's affecting your life go to an aa meeting go find some type of program that can get you away from the addiction but having it criminalized ruins lives, ruins neighborhoods, ruins entire cultures in some ways. Not completely, but you know what I'm saying. Like, there's there's different groups, you know, poor inner-city families and stuff that are, that you know, their families and their groups and their cultures are destroyed because of that sometimes. And I just don't like it. She actually has pictures of herself standing next to, like, um, a bunch of the amendments and stuff. First Amendment, Second Amendment third fourth fifth amendments and all that on the webpage that's pretty cool um i like her i like the what i like what she's doing um you can tell she is a voluntarist by the statements that she makes she seems like she's taking in a a way it's, it's making it palatable though in some ways when you're looking at it so i like it i think it's pretty good um who is she though there is a there is one thing on here that says about Kim Ruff. So I want to figure out who she is because I have no idea. I've never even heard of her before. And uh, But I'm not like actively involved in like the National Libertarian Party or anything like that. I'm a member in the state of South Carolina. That's about it. Uh, Kimberly Ruff, Libertarian candidate. Okay. Who is she? Kimberly Ruff is a pol- political activist seeking the nomination of the Libertarian Party to be a Libertarian candidate for president. Kim has been a member of the Libertarian Party since 2005. She joined the party because the GOP shift to the neoconservative because of the GOP's shift to neoconservatism. By graduating, or after graduating from Arizona State University with dual bachelors in political science and communication, Kim became politically active. Initially, she volunteered first with the Arizona Libertarian Party and later 
the Libertarian Party in New York. She shifted her focus to national politics as an officer and state coordinator. Kim, or professionally, Kim has spent the last decade working in manufacturing as a project manager and operations director. She has seen constraints applied by government regulations and economic policies. She has witnessed the negative impact of innovation in industry. Most importantly, okay, so that's that's good. The, this experience, coupled with her time as a military spouse, has prepared her for the Oval Office. Kim is a long-standing interest in international relations, foreign affairs, diplomacy, military history. Therefore, her decision to run for the highest level office in America is a natural fit. Most importantly, Kim recognizes a clearly defined constraints on executive branch and inherent humanity of liberty. That's true. She is running on a platform of reducing the scope of the federal government and its constitutionally defined role in returning all of other powers back to the states. Subsequently, the states can return them to the individual where the power really belongs. Wow, I like that. I really like that. She says she is running on a platform of reducing the scope of the federal government to its constitutionally defined role in returning all other powers back to the states. Subsequently, the states can return them to so return them to the individual where the power rightly belongs. So I've always said that on the show that you should limit the federal government. So we should focus on limiting the federal government, turn those powers back to the states, and then let the people in the states focus on the states that they live in to get them returned to the city and the counties and ultimately to the neighborhoods and individuals. Like that is definitely true. So I'd like that. I like you. I like what you're talking about, Kim. I really do. Um, that's solid. That's solid. Just so y'all know, I don't put my I don't put my stamp of approval on anybody by any means. I like what she's saying from a libertarian standpoint, which is solid. And uh, that is my first impression, though. Let's see. So she's running with this guy, John Phillips. We'll figure out who he is. He's an entrepreneur, a liberty activist, and advocate for self-defense. I'm running to be the libertarian candidate for vice president because I have watched the internet internal politics and backbiting needlessly divide the party over hair-splitting details. I have watched the message of individual liberty get unnecessarily muddled and watered down. He's a businessman, a mechanic, writer, activist, and libertarian candidate for president. Phillips has owned and operated managed business in a variety of fields, including auto repair, transportation, hospitality, and IT. He is currently the owner-operator of a gas station and auto repair facilities in central Illinois. John worked his way to the top while earning a reputation for integrity, quality, work, and customer service in each endeavor. Okay, stand-up guy, definitely. A good working-class businessman type thing that's pretty solid. John worked, prom- worked, worked promoting both, or both states and presidential candidates during the 2016 elections. He traveled. So these people are both involved in the Libertarian Party nationally, which is good. Um... They probably have some name recognition among a lot of people as well. That would probably be a good thing also. In his top priorities, he says, end the war on drugs, protect the Second Amendment, foreign policy and national offense, and ending prosecution of victimless crimes. Those are all solid things. So I like them. That's pretty good. Um, and there's nothing like what I would say. Like the the website, the first impressions are great. It's uh, good color, good use of space, um, well-made both of them look professional on the front page, so I would say that um, definitely I, I like what I'm seeing, and I definitely would say you guys should go look into these people as well, look into their policies, listen to what they have to say, maybe there's some YouTube stuff on them as well, we shall see, um, but I know that they're going to start doing like some small debates around 
the states and stuff like that. If you're a libertarian, go check one of those out. If there's a way for you to get to a libertarian party convent, like a state convention of some sort, and see some of these debates, that would be a good thing for you to do, uh, just to so get involved in it as well. I know they're going to be sending delegates to the, I think it's in Austin, is where the Libertarian National Convention is going to be next year. And if you want to vote for one of these people, you can. I mean, there are, I, I heard this the other day, and I, I said there was like 5,000. There's like, I think it says there's actually 15,000 people that are members of the of the Libertarian Party, right? If you want to be a state delegate in your state, you can be a state delegate in your state pretty easily from what I've heard. That's getting involved in your local Libertarian Party and offering to be one of those people that goes to the goes to the National Convention. Then you could be a delegate. And if you want to vote for Kim or if you want to vote for one of these other people, you can. You can make an impact in the Libertarian Party by doing that as well. The more professional, the the better the Libertarian Party looks, the better candidates we put up, <coughs> the more people get involved, the better candidates we're going to have, too. And that's going to make the Libertarian Party look better down the road. And we're not going to have to depend on, like, a Gary Johnson or someone that's libertarian light to run a presidential campaign. We can find somebody who has name recognition, has a very professional appearance, has, you know, great charisma, things like that, things that you would want in a candidate, right? <coughs> but anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining. I still got that little cough. I still got that little cough, and it's driving me crazy. But I appreciate you guys joining me for another day on the uh, on the elections. This is Ion2020, and if you want to, you can go give me a five-star rating and review. That's always helpful if you like what you hear. Uh, but then come on back tomorrow and you'll have clear vision for 2020.